The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and soul coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin awake. Hello, and welcome to Wednesday Live with Renee. And I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman and Hay House author of this new great book called Winds of Spirit. And if you haven't picked it up yet, what are you waiting for? And I'm here today with actually uh, a photographer who took photos for me about six or seven years ago when I was just starting this really on this path of creating the wind book. And I was writing, but I wasn't quite exactly sure where I was going. And his name is Jeff Asano. And when he turned 40, he left a job that was no longer serving him. And don't we all wish we had that courage? And he looked at his life to decide what he wanted to do. And he found that his passion was photography, which he's combined with music, his love for music. And he's also a deeply spiritual man who channels Archangel Michael. And so I don't even know where we're going today with this conversation, but I'm super excited to have you here. You can tell everyone about all the celebrities you filmed or not. You can go over to his website and like Google over all the people Ugo over all the people that he's met in his life because uh-huh. he's, he's filmed them all. So welcome, Jeff. It's great to have you. Hey, Renee, it's been a long time. I know. I make this joke about when I'm like getting on, going on the book tour, I'm there like, couldn't I have gone when I was 50 or 40, when I was still hot and, you know, ready to run around the country. Now here I am a, like a crone sage. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going <laughs> to. So- and and so um, it was a long time ago. We met and we did those photos, and then you moved shortly after there to the East Coast, and you've been there ever since. Uh, yeah, I've been. Um, I well, I moved from New York to LA, then LA here to Nashville. And and do you love it in Nashville? Are are you? Does... It's it's so easy living here. <laughs> Really? As opposed to L.A., anything's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, life in L.A. is 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 challenging at the at the best. So a lot of people are really afraid when they when they 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 don't think that passion and work that they go into the same the same pot of soup. And so you've combined your love for music and your and your ability to have a really great eye and your spiritual self. Uh, in your photography, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, what, what's really interesting about this, and this is going to be my, I'm going to turn 60 this year. So I've been doing photography and, and shift and change in my life um, right when I turned 40. But um, I went back just a little before I quit my job, I went back to to school in the late 80s to um, Parsons in New York to study photography. So I I studied with a wonderful guy for two years and I met this woman and started dating her. And she said to me, "Um, Jeff, you hate your job. You hate your life. The only time you're ever happy is when you're with me. (laughs) And I heard that. And then a couple of months after we, we broke up, I heard it again, and then I just decided, I go, you know, it's time to grow up. Mm -hmm. And I 
realized I went home, made a list and photography jumped off the page. But not only did it just jump off the page to me, the physical 3D, I felt something inside of me. Like it was as if I went click, click, click. Hmm. And I found it. And I woke up the next morning and I wanted to quit my job right then and there. I was working the World Trade Center in New York City. And my father said, no, you're not ready. But what I found, I found it. When Michael, when I channel Michael, he calls it a knowingness. And I just knew that this was it. This was what I needed to do. So I, the next bunch of years, I really um, dedicated my entire life and passion to photography, but I stayed at that job. Right. And then audit, then a couple of years went by, but I, I, I needed to really, um, and this is, I guess, is, is uh, something that could help people. I needed, my father said to me, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And I got angry at him and I was, and I went, no, you're not ready. And what he, what he meant was I couldn't quit my job there because I wasn't. I had to create a plan for myself to build a portfolio and then finally do it and get some money. But I got jobs within that. And then one day, without any drama, the, the thing about it is things in life, we don't need drama surrounding things to make a decision. And my father said to me right then and there, he said, it'll just happen and you'll know it. And then one day I was out at lunch. I brought my camera to work every day. And I said, that's it. I went back to my office typed out a little (laughs) resignation um, letter, walked into my boss. And here's the cool part. My boss said, oh, I was waiting for this today. (laughs) And that was for the end. So everything just happened um, very easily. Mm -hmm. But when I quit my job, I knew that I would never go back and do that again. And what I knew um, subsequently... That was 19, that was the end of 1998 into 1999. Then I met this gentleman, Robert Baker, and I started to study. He was my healer, mentor, teacher, therapist. And what I came to find was the reason why I was miserable was because I really wasn't connected to my divine plan. Right. And you, you make some really good points there because you know, I, I did the, the quit the job when I was about, we're talking about the same kind of plan for the least last 22, 20 years. But then um, six years ago, when I discovered, you know, the wins, it was like, okay, well now you need a job again, because you need that stability to, um, to write. And what happened for me was all of a sudden the job opened up that they were looking for an event planner who was a marketer, who was a healer. And I'm thinking like, when are those three, you know, three titles in the same ad? And it was, you know, it was divinely inspired. And the day after the day after the book got delivered to my house, the, the woman who made it possible for me to go away for a month and write, all of a sudden she um, said, oh, I took a new job and I'm not going to be your boss anymore. Because what you're talking about is when we're in the flow and that's mm-hmm. what wind work is about. We don't have to like my website was down all last week. But you know what? The book is still doing well on Amazon and it didn't need me to be in the middle of it. 
that's what you're talking about. That's what Archangel Michael talks about. Mm-hmm. How did you start to channel Mark Archangel Michael? Well, it was continue the story. I, um, the show that doors, when we hit this part of our passion or we find something to create, what I was doing was creating a whole new life for myself. People come along. People pop into your life. And my friend Maria introduced me to my friend Alexandra, who's my best friend to this day, who turned me on to Robert Baker, a place called Children of Light in New York City. And he became my therapist, but my teacher, my healer, um, my mentor. And And I met him the same year that I was starting this whole new life as a photographer. And, um, Robert channeled Gabriel. He was a trans channel. And, and so it was with all of that, that I started to, uh, heal within me because Robert was a bioenergetic healer. And then I started to transform my life along with creating the new life. So I was working with Robert for about maybe two years and then um, he, I, it was my 44th birthday and my friend Deborah Gill said, come over for a healing session. So I went over on her table. I um, lay down. She started healing and work with crystals and all that good stuff. And I closed my eyes and I said, release and let go, release and let go, release and let go. Found myself moving out of my body, I guess, or like I was at the corner of the room, the top looking down. And all of a sudden these warriors in full garb, I'm a photographer, so I'm visual. <laughs> I see these, these, uh, this, these visions, they ended. I opened my eyes and I said to Deborah, wow, that was a quick hour. She says, that was two hours and you channeled Archangel Michael. And that's how it came to me. And I'm a trance channel. When that, what that means is I go into trance, I leave my body and the energy comes through and speaks. And that's how it happened. And do you still do that often or? Mm-hmm. You- I have groups. I've channeled, um, I do groups here in uh, Nashville. I do a once a month gathering, we call it, gathering with Michael online that we're doing uh, next week. I think it's March 8th. Um, I have channeled five bodies of teachings from Michael. And I took one that I channeled that I brought through in 2008, 2009 as my first book called Journey of the Awakened Heart, Discovering Who You Are and Why You Are Here. And I'm publishing a new one this year. Great. What's the new one called? It's called Path of the Peaceful Warrior. Oh, like uh, something off of near what Dan Millman did. Wasn't yeah, but this, this, is the path, <laughs> this is the Path of the Peaceful Warrior because it's, it's consciously, I consciously channeled it. Right. In my meditations in Palos Verdes, when that's where I used to live. And um, when it came through, they kept on the energy or whatever was coming through. It wasn't Michael. And I wrote it all down, kept on saying, this is the path of the peaceful warrior. This is the path of the faithful warrior. This is. And I went, oh, OK. Oh, that's interesting. So what I remember a long time ago when I was really out of integrity in my life, you know, one of my shaman teachers said, you know, my hope for you is that you will become a peaceful warrior. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I since learned that because I have, you know, wield a lot of power in my life. And when I'm not peaceful, 
you know, you toss that energy around. And, and so I walk with a lot more compassion and a lot more heart these days as, as we heal. What, um, so let's talk about now. I know when I just did these recent photographs with uh, Joy and um, her partner, they just show up with love. So do you bring Mar Archangel Michael to you when you're, when you're taking photography or how do you, how do you, I mean, you capture some really awesome photographs of people at their oh, essence. How do you do that? Actually, I, I wrote it. I've got to put this on my website. Um, it's, yeah, it's all a combination of everything. What I do, like I, I just said to you, um, when I went into that session with Deborah, I closed my eyes and I kept on repeating to myself, release and let go. And every time I channel and bring in Michael, that's what I do. So it gives me, I start affirming it. So basically when I'm going to do a photo shoot, I do the same thing. I always go in and say, I need to let go of making it about me or anything and just be available for when the moment hits. And then you go click. <laughs> so it's about being in tune with the people around you, with, with the subject, with all that, and then just waiting for the moment. But, but just getting out of the way and not making anything, not making it about you, just making it all about who you're working with. You have your ideas. And the funny thing about it is once you get into your head is when you lose it. So it's a moment that happens that you just feel, I feel it. I feel it and I go, that's it, click. And that goes with everything. I worked with a, a pretty, um, a pretty famous actress, and one of the things that we always worked with was how do you show up and be of service to the part? Because as soon as you show up and you want to look good in the part, you know, mm -hmm. then all hell breaks loose, and you you have to have to take ten takes, and and you're getting more and more frustrated. But I think that's a really important point for people at home is that how you show up for anything is how you show up for everything, and so. When you show up in service to people, that's a whole different, that's a whole different scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why this job's worked out for me, because even though I was writing a book, when I showed up, I showed up in service to the alumni or to the other staff or to the event. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, and we can talk to this, is that people feel separate from their passion or, or they feel their avocation is different than their vocation. And I think you've done a great job of combining those things mm. don't you agree see there's uh, a question for you too yeah they all everything intertwines because the bottom line in all of this is and michael has said to this many times we um we are who we are so, so the teachings that i channel from michael it's about discovering who you are and why you are here so it's all about the personal process and moving within and really rediscovering and remembering who you are and bringing that out in the world. So it's always about being that, being who we are. We, have, we all have talents, gifts, and abilities. Michael tells us that our talents, gifts, and abilities are simply the vehicles used to express who we are in the world. That's great. You have a question here from Courtney. She wants to know if you have um, moments when you have a tough time connecting to that flow state and when that happens, what are the, some of the strategies you use to get back into it? Breathe and <laughs> breathe, breathe and meditation. Do you meditate a lot? 
I do every day, every single morning. Yeah. And I do work, you know, that's path of the peaceful warrior came through in my morning meditations when I used to go out to the ocean in Palos Verdes. Um, what I do is when I, okay. So, so when you feel that you're out of the flow, it's all the, the thing that I do and the thing that Michael teaches us and Robert teaches, it's always look in the mirror. It's not about what's going on outside of us. It's how we're probably responding or reacting to it. But it's always in that moment is to bring it back in. Refocus back in to yourself and then acknowledge. The the key to all of this is is what what we do is maybe if we're in the flow, things are clicking and we're moving along and all of a sudden we're not. Then, then the first thing everybody wants to do is get back into the flow. <laughs> the only way that you can get back into the flow is if you acknowledge that you're not in the flow. Absolutely. Michael calls that the first exercise in my book is Michael asks the question, where are you? Where am I? So you can stop and go, where am I? Oh, wow. I'm trying to control things. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. I want to get back in the flow. Well, the way in which great through Robert Gabriel used to say, if you're stuck in the mud, you have to acknowledge that you're stuck in the mud and then we can move on. So the first thing to do is like ask the question, where am I right now? Well, I'm here and bring it all back here and go, well, I'm out of the flow. So can I accept with compassion that I'm out of the flow right now and be where I am, as opposed to trying to fight to get out of where you are. And then then the fight, then the resistance comes in, the fight and the fight, and then you really never get back into the flow. That's true. I had I was doing a, a book signing talk the other day, and one of the tricks that I taught people was, um, in my book, there's something called the Awakening Compass. And it's a quick little close your eye meditation to figure out which direction you're heading. And once you know what direction you're heading, no matter where you are, then you're there. So it's like, whether it's about your mind, your emotions, your body or your spirit, it has a different, like you're shopping in a store. If you're in your mind, it's one thing you might handle, but you always have to know right where you are. And so I'm absolutely in alignment with that. And I love that, that we have our, like my more shamanic approach, your more, you know, angelic, you know, I wouldn't think that you'd cut some shamanic stuff going on there too, knowing you and the pictures you take. You know, mm. they feel shamanic to me. Are you shamanic at all? I don't even know what really that means. So, shamans, really, that's interesting. So, shamans step out of ordinary time to like what you were doing on that table where you step outside of ordinary time mm-hmm. and you work with your spirit helpers, which in your case might be, you know, some ascended masters to affect change in the world and, and other areas of your life. Okay. You do well, that? that's, that's pretty much what, what I do. It's like I always, anything that I do in any photo shoot that I'm doing, in anything in my life that I'm doing, um, Michael, well, okay, another, I guess another way to look at this or put it is that we're multidimensional beings. And if we're multidimensional beings within ourselves, and we all are, we're not just one thing, we're not just one person, we're multidimensional. 
And if we open up to that and we open up to a multi-dimensions, like the third dimension is not the be all and end all. And if we invite in fifth, sixth, seventh dimensional energies that guide us, or people call it our spirit guides or God or whatever it is, I live my life like that. I live my life by staying open, being guided. And then, um, as a woman just asked, um, if I'm, if I, Jeff, am trying to control it all, as opposed to being in charge, there's a difference of, 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 be, of being in control, because none of us are ever in control. We're not in control of anything, but we're in charge of our lives. The way to bring us back to be in charge of our lives is connecting multidimensionally to our spirit guides or whatever, and listen for the messages that ask us where to go. And sometimes the message comes through. In my case, my ex-girlfriend way back in the early 90s, Jeff, you hate your job, you hate your life. The only time you're ever happy was with me. Okay, so that message came through her to me, and that is, and I heard that. That that those lines changed my entire life. I know. So everyone at home, you might want to identify that voice that changed your life. Like one time, and I don't, I, I clearly you hear messages. I don't hear messages. The wind has to really wind slap me in order mm -hmm. to get my attention. But one day I got this message loud and clear. It said, Renee, Dash has to go so you can grow spiritually. And Dash was, I see your cat walking around. Is my cat. And, you know, that day she didn't come home. And it was like, that changed my life. And by the way, Courtney loved your answer. She thought that was really, it hit her and she's a creative. I know her. So um, especially creatives, we have a hard time thinking we should always be in the flow. So what are those voices? What, when do you hear a voice that speaks loud enough or clear enough that it gets your attention? Mm. And look at, he wasn't even with her very long after that. Mm. And he was like, oh, you got to go too. <laughs> and I don't mean that. I don't know if it could have been a hard situation, but hopefully... You put some years between it. You know, the key to it is, and this is a challenge, and it's, it is a challenge. Michael Michael um, talks about really to ask yourself two questions. Does it resonate or doesn't it resonate? Mm -hmm. You see, the thing about it is, is what we really all want to do is start to trust our intuition, what we're feeling. So um, if if you walk into a situation close your eyes and just say, hmm, does it resonate? Doesn't it resonate? And then what we want to do is begin to trust ourselves and make a decision or, or a choice. But what people always think in their heads is that a ch making one choice is a final choice. <laughs> so I walk into this situation and, it, and I ask myself, does it resonate? Doesn't it resonate? Does it resonate? Does, and you start to feel resonance and non-resonance. Right. Higher, higher vibrational energies, lower vibrational energies. And then move with, oh, and everybody can do that. And, and the way you can test it is, you know, look at what's Michael, for the last year and a half, Michael, and this year, I bring in, I do a, we do a monthly, well, a monthly overview. All Michael's been talking about is looking at what's transpiring out in the world in the third dimension and ask yourself what resonates and what doesn't resonate. When, when something comes, you resonate, then what, 
what what you do and the exercises, go in and ask yourself, well, how does that make me feel? Then find something that doesn't resonate and ask yourself, how does that make me feel? And then he even takes it further. Now go to your relationships and go through each relationship and go, okay, what resonates? What doesn't? And how does that make me feel? Why am I in that relationship? And this is the way we can begin to trust ourselves, but also trust our guides and spirits by asking to be guided where we need to be guided and and open up. And the key to it is for us to always do our best to try to remain open. You so remind me that, you know, I always tell people there's so many paths up the mountain, but when you're at the top, our views are pretty much the same. You know, you might go at it from that way. And, you know, I'm telling people to go out and take a wind walk. And once you feel the wind hit your face, after you ask your question, then you start to walk. And they're basically similar you know, similar techniques, but with a different twist. I love that. So, mm-hmm. you know, people can find what actually reson- resonates with them. The other day, a man came in to one of my book signings and he, he had been in the program 30 years. He said, Renee, I need something more, but I don't trust anything. Mm-hmm. What, what can I do? And I'm there like, well, why don't you walk into the bar room that you used to go to and see how it feels? He goes, oh, I don't never go to bar rooms. I said, why? Well, they don't feel very good. I'm mean, like, good. So do more of that and practice, like not going to bar rooms, but see which rooms feel good and start spending more time there. Mm. But sometimes you have to go to the other. Sometimes you have to take a walk to see that that's not my choice. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. like when I have a client that's frozen, I said, hey, take go either way and you're going to learn real quick, which is the way you're not going. Mm. But we're so afraid to make the wrong choice. So, you know. Well, there's, there's, a lot. There there's, is no never, wrong choice. there's never a wrong, right or wrong choice. A choice is a choice. You make the choice. But the thing to always remember, you see, the thing about it is, is that we're adults. But many adults are living through the wounded child. And the wounded child, the 10-year-old, the 17-year-old, the 11-year-old, that's who's making choices. And really, if you go into the wounded child, connect with a five-year-old, five-year-old can't make a choice. But, but that's who's making our choices for us. And, and they think because they're living in a, in a place, a five-year-old lives in a place of life or death. Mom or dad have to take care of them. So when people are faced with a choice, what, what's really hitting their nervous system is that it's life or death. So then they label it as making a right or wrong choice, as opposed to saying, I have a choice here. What resonates, what doesn't really go through the process. If you make a choice and it doesn't work out, okay, well, you always have another choice. (laughs) And adults understand that. Wounded children don't understand that. And that's that's where the right or wrong or the life or death comes in. And we can all slip back into that wounded child. So Mm -hmm. what are those things you look for, you know, to know that you're in your wounded child? For me, it's like, if I go to anger, I've clearly just been hurt, you know, and and it gets a little more cunning and baffling as it gets, the more you heal. But, you know, what are those things that are those immediate reactions and not responses? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just about staying aware. It's see, the idea of doing all of the inner work, it's not about fixing, getting rid of, it's not even really about healing. 
we are healing wounds, but really the inner work is all about raising our awareness and our consciousness to ourselves and our behavior. So, oh wow, I did it. I made that choice. Oh wow, what happened? If, if everything that we're doing in our life is really about growing and learning, that's where we can be. The key to all of it is, is feelings. Mm. Resonance, non-resonance, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I feeling? And paying attention and feeling those feelings. I made that choice. How did that make me feel? Oh, man. Oh, I felt vulnerable. I felt not good enough. I felt this. Okay, when you made another choice, oh, I felt it, it, it resonated. So that's how we do it and just stay on that, that path, but always learn and grow from any choice that we make. Because, I mean, you could say it was a mistake, but if we're living our divine plan, nothing's a mistake. Right. I always think we're divinely where we need to be at the mo right moment. So, Jeff, we're kind of out of time here, which we could go on talking for hours, I'm sure. Tell people where they can reach you and, and how they find out more about your uh, monthly meditation online and things like that. Oh, cool, cool. Um, well, as a photographer, you can go see my work at my website, jefffasano.com. That's Jeff, J-E-F-F-F-A-S-A-N-O.com. For my book and my groups and all of that I'm doing and my, my current book, Journey of the Awakened Heart, you can go to journeyoftheawakenedheart.net and everything's up there what I'm doing, the group I'm doing online, which we, I do like the first, first Thursday of every month, I think it is. Next, March 8th will be the next group online. All that information is, is there under services. I'm also the co-founder of the Angel News Network with uh, two other gentlemen. You can go to that website as well. All of that information's up there. That's the angelnewsnetwork.com. Um, all that good stuff. And they can join. I put out a weekly um, message from Michael. Every, every Monday I send out a message, a weekly message from Michael, because he's bringing us a lot of teachings and lessons and exercises to fully really move into our greatness and our truth. That's great. And is there any other book besides your own that you recommend for somebody who um, that propelled you along the way? Oh, man. I got like... Right back there, there's probably about five of them on my... On my What's your all-time favorite book? Oh, well, you know what? When, oh, geez, man, so many. Um, you twisted us, Courtney, with this question. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it, you know what? Instead of answering what the book is, I always look at where I am in my life, and I find something. I'm reading a book right now called, um, it's um, Neil, by Neil, Neil Donald Walsh's daughter. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, called The Soul Journey. It's in my bedroom. That's and, interesting. Um, and you're I liking it? it? And, and, and I was reading that. Um, I have to get you a copy of Winds of Spirit. I don't so, have that yet. No, you don't have that yet, clearly. Because that will add some new in information into your, I don't know, information, but I think you'll enjoy the journey of the wind for sure. Well, one of the things, too, is that I, I, I have about four or five books that I have going at once. And I open them up and I 
uh, and I look through and I'm working with. I have, you know, a Marianne Williamson book that I'm working with right now, um, a, Lu a Louise Hay book that I'm working with right now, and then Neil Donald Walsh's daughter's book. Well, one of the things when you get this one, I'll send you one, is that what you do is you can just pop open to a wind and get some daily guidance. So the one that yeah. I just popped open for you was, Carrie arrives at a, as a wild Western wind of self-expression. His presence may conjure up ghosts that are better left in the past. Take time to discern whether your current creative expression merits a fertile garden plot or should be discarded like seeds in the jungle left to regenerate on their own. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, because you're writing and talking about some old flames here, so. <laughs> <laughs> left in the past. All right. Well, I really want to thank you. And just a couple of announcements for me. I'm going to be in New York City the week of March 12th through the 18th. And I'm going to be doing a planting seed ceremony at the Alchemist Kitchen on March 15th. And then I'll be doing uh, actually in-store readings there, giving wind blessings on the 17th. And uh, probably something in L.A. this month, too. So we're looking at the 24th. So things are starting to the winds are starting to blow and I'm really excited. And Jeff, thank you. Let's, we'll have you back again as this podcast in this Facebook live grows. Great. Get great. Come back. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Thanks Renee. Thank you. And it's nice to connect with you and we'll talk again soon. And thank you for everyone at home who's listening and stay with us Wednesday live every Wednesday. You can catch it on a podcast on iTunes or catch it here on the Renee Barabo, the practical shaman page live. All right. Thank you. See ya. Thank you for joining us for Wednesday with Renee. Please join us again next week. Stay connected with us during the middle of the week over at the Facebook group, The Wind Clan, and also make sure to pick up your copy of Winds of Spirit, Ancient Wisdom Tools for Navigating Relationships, Health, and the Divine at your favorite bookseller. I'm Renee, the Practical Shaman, and until next time, may the blessed winds be with you.